Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What is up, It's a Gold fam? Hope you all are having an amazing week. I am super excited for this special episode today with Rebecca Sofer, co-founder of Modern Loss, a global movement offering creative, meaningful, and practical content and community addressing the, the long arc of grief. Rebecca is the co-author of the book, Modern Loss, Candid Conversations About Grief, Beginner's Welcome, and an internationally recognized speaker on loss and resilience. Rebecca is now the author of the Modern Loss Handbook, an interactive guide to moving through grief and building resilience coming out this May 17th, where you can purchase wherever you can buy books. The second I got my hands on this book, I knew I had to have her back on my show to help her share the word. This book is going to help thousands and thousands of people for years to come. Too often, I speak to people who have lived through significant loss, and when I ask them, hey, what did you do immediately following that person who died or their person's death? And they say, I Googled how to grieve. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but this book will help the people you love most grieve and navigate the messy, complex journey of grief. Taken right from the book itself, the goal of the handbook is to help you do three things. Stay connected to the person who died, stay connected to the world around you, and of course, stay connected to yourself. I know following my own losses, I picked up books that some have been helpful, some not so much, but I started to read and listen and try to figure out how do I grieve? And after getting through some of this book, I am so confident that this is the modern handbook that is truly going to help so many people navigate their own grief journey. This book truly is a helpful interactive guide to help you move through your own grief and build resilience in your life. And I cannot recommend it enough. Coming out May 17th, enjoy this conversation with myself and Rebecca, where we discuss what compelled her to write the book, who the book's for, the goal of the book. So with that, please enjoy this episode with myself and Rebecca, where we talk about what compelled her to write the book, who the book's for, the goal of the book, and how it can help you as you continue on your own grief journey in your own life and build resilience in your own life. I cannot recommend it enough. With that, enjoy this episode. Rebecca, welcome back to the Bits of Gold podcast. Thank you so much. I am just delighted to be back here chatting with yeah, you today. I'm really excited. You are the second guest to come back for a second time. So <gasps> Oh my God. I feel like I'm like on SNL footing with people. Like, you know, when you're like, <laughs> you get like the jet. Do you have a special gift for people who come back like five times? Do they get a smoking jacket? We're not there yet, but that's definitely something worthwhile to think about. So, the reason you're back today is to discuss a book that's coming out May 17th. Yes, May 17th. May yeah, 17th. So, you just wrote the Modern Loss Handbook, an interactive guide to moving through grief and building your resilience. And the second I got my hands on this book, I knew I had to have you back on to help share the news, to help spread the word out, 
you know, I know this book is going to help thousands and thousands of people for years and years to come. And although I have not finished the book myself, I'm personally really excited to go through it. When I got the copy, you know, it was, it was really interesting to start to read through because I've read and skimmed through a lot of books around life, the meaning of life, grief, navigating grief. And there's nothing like this that exists. And right when I started reading it, I was like, wow, I wish I had this when my dad passed. And honestly, now that I'm a couple of chapters in or a couple of pages, it really was for me personally, I was thinking about my own loss with my mom. And really just from starting the book, it's helping me sit with my own losses and better understand how I'm grieving. And in many ways started to bring up a lot of things for me personally, especially since losing my mom, I feel like I pushed a lot of maybe emotion or the hard stuff away. And I'm really excited to use this book, this handbook as a way to just grieve my mom's loss and maybe in a more healthy way, open up about some of the wounds that I might've closed off over the last couple of years. So I'm very excited to have you on and to share you know, the good word about this book. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate the support. And you like, I am preaching to the choir here. Like you understand why I do what I do. You've understood it for years. Sadly, I wish you had no reason to get it. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is the kind of stuff that we have to sit with all the time, not just in the first 30 days or the first year after a loss. But, you know, grief is something that ebbs and flows and shifts and takes on different forms and turns into more like living with loss over the course of years. And it's something that just like always needs to be kind of examined. And so when you say you didn't have this in the early days of your mom's loss, like I literally wrote this book because I, I wish that someone had given this to me in those early days. And then when I finished writing it <laughs> and I got my galleys, I went through it and I actually did all the exercises myself. And this isn't just a workbook. It's an actual book, but there are interactive parts of it. And I was like, oh my God, like it's literally just as germane 15 years later as it would have been, you know, five months down the line after my mom died because mm. I'm living with my loss in such a different way now. It's just proof that this stuff is a conversation that is necessary at any point in the game. Yeah. And I think also what was interesting is it's almost like nine years since my dad passed and only a couple since my mom passed, but you could read through the book and use the, the interactive part like a year in. And it would be interesting to see, you know, if I were to go back to some of the prompts in there, how that might evolve or change over five years or 10 years. Because I could imagine my own grief has definitely evolved as I've gotten older with my dad. And it was bringing me up things that I was thinking about in the earlier years from when my dad passed to now. Right, exactly. I mean, like, for example, when my mom died, I was not a parent. I wasn't married. I was like, you know, single, working a billion hours a day, going out as much as I could, very much focused on other things. And now I'm focused on different things. And so my answers are kind of different for the questions that I pose in the book. And also, I kind of remember different things. It's kind of like opening a bottle of wine. Like grief is a bottle of wine that you really <laughs> need to kind of leave open because different things are going to come. You're going to notice different things about it as time goes on. You know, it's going to smell a little different. It's going to taste a little different. It's not always going to taste more bitter or sweeter. It's just going to taste different. You know, that's the first time I've used this metaphor. I kind of like it. <laughs> but, you know, it's true. It's just that like both my parents died and I 
kind of view them in different ways now than I did even five years ago or 10 years ago. And it just proves to me that I still have a relationship with them. They are not very much alive. They're very much dead, but I'm very much alive. My dynamic with them continues to evolve because I keep evolving as a person. And I see my mom more as like, you know, she was 63 when she died. I'm nowhere, I'm not near that age, but I'm a parent now. And so I kind of empathize with her on a different level. I have questions that I didn't have long ago that I have now. The point I'm trying to make with everybody is that grief is a living thing. It's not a one and done experience. Yeah, absolutely. What compelled you to write this handbook? Well, as I said before, it really is the thing that I wish that someone had handed to me for a very long period of time after my mom died and then after my dad died four years later. It took me a really long time to kind of like resource myself in loss. I was really flailing for a really long time. I was, you know, I had to work very crazy hours. I worked in daily television. You know, I stayed for tapings in the studio. So I didn't have like a lot of time for a social life. And when I did, I really went out hard because I didn't want to be alone. I didn't want to think. I squeezed in some grief therapy here and there. But I didn't give myself exactly what I really needed during that first year or even couple of years because I didn't want to think too much because it was so incredibly painful. And my mom died in a really awful way. She died in a car accident. It was sudden. It was unexpected. It was traumatizing. And I lived with the trauma and the post-trauma for quite some time. And so I wrote this book because I feel like I really missed somebody asking me questions about my grief that I really should have answered. Not just like the warm, heartwarming, fuzzy, kitteny stuff, but like the tough stuff, you know, stuff that like mm -hmm. really had me examining who my parents were as people and my relationship with them and maybe thinking about what I might want to do differently or what I've learned from it while it was still fresh in my mind, you know, and a lot of that stuff has come to the surface with time. You know, I really would have loved for somebody to talk to me about the realities of the dynamics of friendship changing in the wake of loss. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Not yeah, every absolutely. single friend is going to be the blue ribbon friend after a loss. Like a lot of people can't hang with this stuff either temporarily or permanently. And I wish that somebody would have sat me down and been like, you're going to lose some friends and it's going to be okay. And it's not you. It's quite literally them. And like our culture and how we suck about talking about grief. Like, it's not that people are awful. It's that we're so bad at this stuff. Mm. And so I wish that someone would have told me, like, this is how you find your team. Like, this is how you ask your friends who are willing to be there for you, how they can and how it can make a difference. And this is how you go out and figure out where you get all the other support that you need, you know? And so I basically was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to like write down what I've learned over the course of 15 years of loss but eight and a half years of running Modern Loss and learning so much from our community members. We have like thousands of readers all over the world. And I've learned so much from their stories and how they've coped and how they've grown and all this stuff and, and how they dealt with like trigger days and building ritual and memory and all this stuff and muddled through work and built up support systems. So I kind of realized that the three pillars to kind of feeling like, okay, I've got this grief thing down, which basically never means that you've got control over it. It just means that you know that it's like not going to kill you, you know, Yeah, is realizing that you have figured out a way to stay connected to your person, to stay connected to yourself and to stay connected to the world around you. And so when you 
feel like you've kind of got a handle on at least acknowledging that you need to do those three things and you're willing to make an effort to do all of them, that's when you can really start to build that post-traumatic growth that we're all talking about right now and the resilience and putting ourselves in a position to like really. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Create some meaning out of this, you know, am I allowed to curse on the pod? Yeah, of course. <laughs> this shitstorm, you know, that we're walking through or flailing through. That's when we can create meaning from it when we mm -hmm. feel like we're still connected to our person, when we feel like we are taking care of our mental health and our physical health and our sleep and our rest and all that stuff. And then when we're figuring out how we can like advocate for ourselves at work and advocate for ourselves in friendship and intimate relationships and all that stuff. I mean, that really is important, staying connected to the world around you. And that is something that I did not have like a grief guide and I had to really figure that out for myself. And so that's why I wrote the book, because I was like, you know, I've learned a lot. And these people have taught me so much more than I could have ever known myself. And I'm just going to sit down and write it all. <laughs> Amazing. Who would you say this book's for? Like, I remember when, when my dad died, my mom, she had like stacks and stacks of books around grief. And if I still go back to my childhood house, there's still like books on a shelf around grief, loss. Some are religious, some aren't religious. Who would you say this book is for? It's for anyone with a beating heart who is still alive, I guess, you know, and who is living with loss. I, I think it's for people who are religious, who aren't religious. Like this is modern loss really was created to fill a white space in the conversation about grief. There are plenty of circles you can go to for talking about loss through a religious lens or a therapeutic lens, clinical lens, a super cheesy lens, you know, a lens that's anchored in platitudes. Like we're not that, right? We're storytelling 24-7. Yeah. We've got potty mouth. We, we tell it like it is. We are tongue in cheek because we don't shy away from the underbelly of the experience. And that can get pretty ugly. But within the ugliness, there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of levity because, you know, life is messy. That's what comedy is, laughing about the messiness of life. 
And so death is messy. And so grief is messy. So there are so many ludicrous aspects of it that, you know, you just kind of have to find some levity in or else you'll go crazy sometimes. And so this book is for anyone because, yeah, like I don't talk about God or a higher power or an afterlife or whatever. I don't do that. That's not my place to do that. My place is to talk about grief and ask you how you're examining your own grief. And so you can answer those questions in any way that rings true to you. That's when I say it's for anyone. Did you lose somebody recently? It's for you. Did you lose somebody six months ago, two years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? It's for you. Are you someone who cares about somebody who's had a loss? Then get this for them. Absolutely. You know, also make the casserole or send the edible arrangement if you really need to. But like, get this for them. I don't think there's anything wrong with giving someone something that can actually help themselves. I really would have loved to get something like that. Yeah, 100%. Can you talk about the role of humor and grief? I just know the modern the modern loss, there is a big emphasis around humor and grief. And I'd love if you could talk about that a little bit. Look, I get asked a lot, like, when is it okay to laugh when you're grieving? And I'm always like, well, A, I'm not the grief police. So like, do whatever you need to do. You know, <laughs> like, I am like the non-judgment person. Like, the only thing I judge is when people tell me that they're in a better place. And I'm, I'm like, no, I judge that statement. <laughs> like, you know. But, you know, I just there is so much room for humor because, like I just said, it's your valve release. You know, you can't go about life. Hopefully you have, be it a year left in your life or 70 years left in your life after a loss. You have every right and reason to live that life in the most profoundly rich way that you possibly can or want to. And that involves enjoyment and joy, living with joy in the face of grief, you know, laughing holding on to those moments that are expected or unexpected, because like, I assure you, you're still going to feel like crap here and there. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you'll still feel bad. But the moments that bring you joy and lightness or silliness or like body dark humor, just dive into them, you know, like that's the lifeline to yeah. remembering that you're human and you're still you. I never heard about the grief police. That's pretty funny. <laughs> oh, there are a lot of people in that in that squad. I'm not one of them. I, I don't police people's grief, but a lot of people do. And we're trying <laughs> to make sure that that squad is diminished over the course of time. <laughs> so one of the things right at the beginning of the book is around grounding affirmations. Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you could just talk about that piece and for those that are listening, how they could use that on their own grief journey. Yeah. So, you know, I use the word affirmations for like lack of a better term, you know, like a, like a mantra or whatever. But I feel like the word mantra is very overused. So I went with affirmations, which is basically the same thing. And it's really that, you know, this handbook has so much great rich stuff in it. And it's got stuff that's couched in research and in clinical research. I had a lot of amazing therapeutic advisors throughout the book. They're all named in there and name check. There's, you know, footnotes, whatnot. But you can't always like, you're not going to like carry around this book when you're like shopping at Marshall's, right? And when you have those moments where you're reaching for, you know, the pair of shoes and then you're suddenly back at Marshall's with your mom in 2014, you know, in your mind and you're having a moment and you're like, I'm in this crazy, weird, cruel time machine, you're not going to like sift through the book looking for what to do. So that's why I recommend having these like grounding affirmations. And there's a whole page for you to fill them out and you can fill out even more. And whatever rings true to you, that kind of pulls you back into the moment or reminds you 
that like somehow, somehow you've got this. Like it speaks to whatever anxieties or sadnesses, you know, or, or wistful moments you're having or fears. What is it that can calm you and remind you and do whatever it is that you need in words to pull you back? For me, one example is, and by the way, total cliche, I get it. It's a cliche for a reason. This too shall pass. And that's because my grandmom always said it to me. And it's true. This too shall pass. Like there is no moment that will last forever. Not the good ones, certainly, but not the bad ones either. And so when you're in that moment in Marshalls holding on to the discount clearance shoes, you know, as I frequently am, (laughs) I love a clearance section. You know, you have to remind yourself that like this moment will pass. I'm not in this moment forever. I know this wave feels overwhelming and insurmountable, but it's going to ebb, you know, it's going to ebb and flow. Um, so that's why I love this too shall pass. I think another one is I put in the book is Calgon <laughs> take me away. And that's just because there was this old commercial in the eighties for Calgon, which is like a bath powder that I've never used, but it's like the commercial is like, this woman, she's like got all these dirty dishes and the kids are screaming and she just says, Calgon, take me away. And she's in this like Athenian palace and she's got like a toga on and there's no worries and she's in the bath and it's beautiful. And I just like that for me is like the escape, you know, like, Mm. you know, I say sometimes when I feel very overwhelmed and I feel like I'm very much in need of like a mental break from whatever situation I find myself in, I say like, Calgon, take me away. And I take a minute, you know, it's like serenity now in Seinfeld. Maybe for some people it's serenity now, you know, it is what it is for you, but you've got to come up with them because those will be little lifelines for you. And that's what I talk about when I say like, you have to figure out ways to resource yourself. You know, it absolutely should be incumbent upon the world to take care of you and make it better for you. But the world isn't going to do that. And it sucks and it's not fair, but it's not going to. And it's really up to us, the grievers, to figure out how we can ask the world to make it better for us and make it better for ourselves in ways in which we can. Makes complete sense. You might have already answered this, but what would be the one thing you want listeners or readers to take away from the book if there's just one thing? And I know it's there's a lot in here. There's so much because I'm so talkative and I write in the way I speak. So like if you listen to the audiobook, it's basically like me talking to you like a friend. But there are so many takeaways. That's a tough question. That's like (laughs) uh, I struggle with brevity. But I think like the one takeaway is like the rules are there are no rules. You know that line from Greece from like, you know, like Thunder Road, like Danny Zuko and Kaneki, they're (laughs) racing. Oh, my God, I'm totally dating myself here. Sorry, everyone should know this line, but they say before the the race at Thunder Road, they say the rules are there are no rules. And there aren't in grief. There aren't any rules. And there aren't any, there isn't like a direct roadmap that everybody can adhere to. There isn't a linear path. And Mm -hmm. I say that not to scare the shit out of you, but to calm you, but to assure you that as long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody else, you do you, like you do your loss your way. Do it your way. Love that. Couldn't agree more. So the book comes out May 17th. Where can people buy the book, find the book? Um, Well, it's available wherever books are sold. All the tried and trues, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, 
But then all the indies, you can go to IndieBound, you can go to your favorite indie bookstore, support them. They're doing really awesome work holding communities together. You really can find it anywhere. And it's available as an audiobook and it's available on Kindle. Amazing. And the audiobook comes with a printable PDF download so that you can still do the exercises. So actually, in fact, it really does work well. I prefer it in print because I think it's beautiful. And there are things that you literally, I tell you literally to rip up and put back in the book. So I do think it's a very tactile book, but I also think it, it works shockingly well in audio format if that's your jam. Love it. Well, Rebecca, so excited for this book to come out and to help thousands and thousands of people for years to come. So thanks so much for making time. Oh, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. And thanks for your own work. You know, everybody needs to talk about this in their way. And you're really, you yourself are helping thousands and thousands of people. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Bits of Gold podcast. Today, I ask you, if you'd like this episode, to please take a minute and share with a friend. If you have a friend that is currently grieving, share this episode with them, send the book to them, and help them move through their own grief journey and build resilience in their life. With that, enjoy your amazing week. I love your podcast. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.